Hello, welcome to Injury Prevention Podcasts. My name is Rod McClure. I am editor of the BMJ journal Injury Prevention. Each month I chat with a distinguished researcher or practitioner, and together with the help of three journal articles of our guests choosing, we explore the narrative of their injury prevention careers. My guest today is Professor Ashley Van Niekerk. Ashley is the Deputy Director of the Violence, Injury and Peace Research Unit that is a joint initiative of the South African Medical Research Council and the University of South Africa. He is a professor at the UNISA Institute for Social and Health Sciences. His research portfolio is embedded in critical socio-psychological and public health understandings of the multi-layered nature of injury, its causation and prevention, with a long-standing focus on child safety. He has led national and international collaborative research on the wide-ranging and complex determinants of burns and on innovative socially driven prevention and psychological recovery support measures. He has been involved in the development of national evidence-based injury and violence prevention policy in South Africa and provincial policy for the prevention of burns and promotion of water safety. Ashley was appointed to the National Health Research Committee for the 2013-2017 period and is the Editor-in-Chief of African Safety Promotion, a journal of injury and violence prevention. He was on the Burns and Schools WHO Expert Group for the World Report on Child and Adolescent Injury Prevention from 2007 to 2009. Hello, Ashley. Hi, Rod. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's wonderful to get this opportunity to chat to you. Thank you. I might start by asking a little about your current work and what position you have and the sorts of things that uh, occupy your day. Rod, thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm currently the Deputy Director of the Research Unit at the South African Medical Research Council. The unit is the Violence, Injury and Peace Research Unit, and it's a partnership between the, the South African Research Council and the University of South Africa. The focus is on violence and injury prevention. And of course, as you, as you would know, there's been a long-standing issue around violence and injury in South Africa, and the unit is focused on the development of, of intervention uh, technologies, uh, research that supports this, describes the problem, uh, and informs interventions. I'm also a, a professor at the University of South Africa's Institute for Social and Health Sciences, it's a, it's a long-standing um, socially-driven research unit that has been focused on especially community interventions that can support safety in South Africa. So, actually, does that mean that you've got offices located both in Cape Town and in Johannesburg? Is that right? We, we do. We do. We have, a, um, we have a national mandate, but the primary, the primary sites that we work from uh, are based in, uh, just on the outskirts of Cape Town, about 40 kilometers to the east of the city. And then in the south of Johannesburg, we have a center as well. And around these centers, uh, we have the research partnerships um, that are with, with communities that, that are in these centers. And it's quite a, it's quite a diverse uh, area in terms of the, the communities that reside there. 
Um, but um, in both in both of these centers, they've been around for a number of years. Um, the Johannesburg one has been has been around for 30 years, and the one in Cape Town has been around for just uh, short of 20 years. So there's quite a history of your involvement with your partners, both community and academic. Yes, um, community participation has always been centered. And as regards our work around uh, safety promotion, we've, uh, we've approached community participation and engagement as something of a prerequisite for effective uh, research uh, implementation. And so our grouping has a strong representation of, of uh, social scientists, uh, community psychologists in particular, as well as public health people. But this, this partnership and has been developed as something as an essential to our work. And so there's been quite a bit of research and efforts to understand what makes for a good, uh, receptive, engaging, active um, partnership that can support safety. Um, and I think the, the contributions around the work for these, these for this group in these two areas, as uh, that's one of the that's one of the, the strong points. And you could probably go further than saying it's one of your strong points. I think in that there would be few groups in the world who've been able to develop the the science or the methodologies of this approach or the concepts behind this approach to the extent that you've been able to over the years. Would it be possible to characterise community participation as an injury prevention? intervention in just a short uh, little explanation for the rest of us who've been tending to work in other other areas of injury prevention yes for some for some time and i, I think there's probably been many experiences around this uh, you know the mobilization of communities or the engagement of partners affected uh, that are most affected by by the injury and the violence uh, concerns that we're working around it uh, Partnership building can be quite complex and, and fraught with all kinds of challenges, and and this has uh, this has affected our, our work. But um, in response, having some kind of model that that can guide our work, whether it's the research part, uh, the part that that is directed at the implementation of interventions, um, having a model that can guide that that takes into account. The various pathways to to strengthen the partnership, both in terms of ensuring that that there's good research that's taking place, um, that the research is is needed and required by the communities that are involved, and that the interventions that emanate out of this research can be led by ordinary people in uh, in acting safety in in supporting the values of safety in engaging in relationships that are protective of what takes place uh, in communities. I'm wondering, you've nominated a paper early in your career that captures some of that uh, understanding you've been talking about. Yes. Uh, years back, a colleague and I, I, I just uh, completed my training as a clinical psychologist and I was working at the university centre the 1990s 
um, just just before the, the democratic uh, transition that affected South Africa. But, you know, the social agenda was really strong. There was lots of social mobilization. And we uh, did a review on, on the situation of children in South Africa through the 1990s. Of course, it was such a complex and uh, everything that was taking place at the time, you, re you remember the, the ups and downs of the negotiations uh, that were taking at the, at the national political level, but also the, um, the incredible strains that were taking place in ordinary commun communities uh, through, this, through this period. But it described um, the, the still persisting massive disadvantage despite the political changes, um, the nutritional status of children, trauma, the levels of violence remained very high. In the little clinic that I was working at the University of the Western Cape, there were countless children and families that were coming in all the time. But um, the research work that was been conducted there was really important carried a strong social agenda, and much of the research also had international connections and flagged this, this importance of international partnerships and relationships as well. So with it being such a formative period and uh, with such a range of opportunities for addressing immediate challenges, how was it you drifted into the injury field? Or, in fact, have you, or would you call your work something else? No, it's very much within that sphere. The, uh, I, was, I was quite fortunate to join the University of South Africa's Institute for Social and Health Sciences. Uh, around about that time, also joined the WHO network, the Collaborating Centre network, and some of the other uh, global safety promotion networks that, that had been formed. But that was, uh, for me, quite fortuitous. The ISHS started its work, and I joined them a number of years after they start. It was a good dynamic point to join a grouping that had formalized international connections, that also, in terms of its own national standing, its focus around this issue of violence in particular, but also more generally injury prevention was, was something that was, was highly needed. I guess I was quite uh, fortunate to be a part of the ISHS. Wonderful. So that um, then led to some work on households, caregiving characteristics and burns. You've nominated a paper here to discuss which characterises the next stage in your research activity. So we we focused uh, on the situation, especially facing marginalised communities. That has been an important focus for the work uh, of the ISHS, which at some point then also formed a partnership with the Medical Research Council, and uh, and and hence the the Violence Engine Peace Research Unit was born. And the work between the ISHS and this research unit at the Medical Research Council focused on, on the range of injury prevention priorities from burns to traffic prevention. My personal interest around burn safety, I did some PhD work, um, and the work around, around burn safety uh, for me was an interesting one, you know, it's, uh, South Africa has 
as a persistent burns problem uh, directed by by poverty in large in large me measure um, there is approximately three three and a half thousand deaths a year um, and it's got a fairly high rate and many of these burns are uh, affect children the current paper is a description of the interaction of important risks within families which is uh, really tragic but just recently we had a report coming of uh, five children dying uh, as a result of a of a fire and this fire took place in a um, what is what is locally called a back a backyard dwelling a backyard uh, shack in south africa is big informal settlements around around the city centers but also in areas that that are starting to develop um, next to a constructed house there will often be a a constructed a wooden little dwelling the children might live there um, as the family grows as part of the family might live there before before moving on they use primarily uh, fossil fuel appliances that are notoriously unreliable uh, spatially cramped dwellings in the middle of winter if they have one or two children that's in uh, close proximity to a kerosene stove, uh, then, then you have the potential for, for catastrophes. Uh, and the recent paper tries to understand the importance of factors such as um, the, the educational level of the parent, the number of children in the home, um, certain practices, you know, um, um, when, if parents leave the little home, um, it's not unusual for them to lock the child inside, you know, in an absence of an exit plan or an exit strategy for children. It's extremely hazardous. The paper emphasized that uh, even in the context of all the environmental constraints, um, um, parent education is so important. Um, and, and so we, we are trying to follow up on recommendations to strengthen parent and family knowledge of, of what are safety practices. And this is, this is a, a challenge at the macro level uh, that, that we've been pressing government to intervene in uh, for a number of years. We, we see the ongoing housing challenges faced by the poor as, as being a, a fundamental block that we have to that we have to have government's uh, support in dealing with. So that's another illustration of the role of context and environment in the both the causation but also the potential solutions. So you've done a fair bit of work in violence. I noticed recently that you were hosting a conference, I think it was in 2016, uh, in violence. You, you've done a stream of work in that, that area as well. Yes, our group was responsible for hosting a national conference on violence prevention in 2016. And um, we, were because of the scale of, of uh, violence directed at, at women, uh, but we also have violence between, between men uh, and on men. The, the rate of male homicide um, in the country where, where young men especially are victims is uh, much higher than the global average with 
with um, seven men, uh, the victim of homicide, compared to each um, to each woman. Um, Nonviolence amongst women, sexual violence is, however, um, um, catastrophically high as well. Um, not not all of the efforts have been even, and you know, in a in a paper that was published, I think it was twenty. 15 or 2016, we looked uh, at policy, in fact, that had been constructed and put in place for violence prevention. And we were interested in looking at, at the approach that policymakers had, had adopted in terms of the gender of victims, in terms of perpetrators, and so on. And uh, the, the, the the paper reports that yes, I mean, there's, there's a great long way to go, but the South African policymakers have, have brought in uh, strong mechanisms for, for enforcement, for protection of vulnerable populations. Vulnerable populations uh, are specified in law, for example, as children, women, those in rural areas. Uh, but interestingly, we found that, that males, men, uh, were absent in many of these uh, policy pieces, uh, and we've we've of course called for this to be addressed. That um, that the focus itself, that policy has, has to be broader, and it has to have a um, accommodation of male victimhood, uh, the one thing, um, but also the developmental nature of violence. Uh, that that much of the predispositions and the vulnerabilities that um, will manifest in violent acts in later life gets hit much earlier, and of course enforcement alone is not sufficient. Um, we need a stronger a stronger body of work uh, to to strengthen um, earlier prevention across vulnerable groups. Actually, there's a really powerful story that's coming through the entire conversation there that seems to swing from community engagement, uh, citizen empowerment, uh, ownership and solution at the community level, at the same time as uh, enriching a, a national policy or a, uh, an area level policy to reinforce the work that's being done at the local level. Again, when we started, you talked a little bit about forming a conceptual model that allows you to work in this space. It sounds like this relationship between policy and and citizen-driven decision-making and seems to be one which is coming more strongly through your work and your team's work than comes through a lot of injury prevention science. Could you characterise a little bit about the the dual role that you've been playing in both working for a medical research council, but also working with individual community members. We saw really uh, good progress around the HIV field. Um, I think probably South Africa's history around the marginalization of people and its ongoing struggles to ensure that, that people that have been historically marginalized are not, are not marginalized in contemporary South Africa through 
through other barriers such as the economy. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge debate uh, at the moment um, as we head for a, an election. The economy and ownership of the economy is a hugely divisive issue. And our work has tried to, to, to engage in that space where communities uh, with their representatives, with these decision makers, it might be worth considering in other contexts too, where, where there's contestations around uh, societies, communities being, being unequal. Well, thank you, uh, Ashley. That's been an uh, extraordinarily informative um, discussion over a broad range of highly topical, relevant areas for global injury prevention that I'm sure the readership will um, study and, and take a great deal of note of. Uh, we appreciate your time, your generous time during the conversation, and thank you again. Well, thank you very much for, for, for this opportunity. We've been listening to Professor Ashley Van Meekirk from the Violence, Injury and Peace Research Unit in South Africa. Just a reminder to those who would like further information on injury prevention, I'd encourage you to visit the journal's website on injuryprevention.bmj.com. <laughs>